Good morning, it's DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome in on a Tuesday morning. So, what a Monday Night Football game. You know, I don't know, there's baseball going on or two baseball games overlapping in the evening, three in all, the, the White Sox game. Uh, they didn't get to play the White Sox and the Astros. But um, you had the two games overlapping at night. You had the Monday Night Football game, you had the Jazz preseason game. I was trying to catch them all. It wasn't easy. I was all over the place. Um as far as the Monday Night Football game, you got to give it up to the Ravens. That offense looked terrible. They couldn't do anything right early in the game, and then they scored touchdowns on their last four possessions. And sure, the Colts did a lot of little things wrong. Miss an extra point. I thought they went for two too early, and they missed that. And then they had a field goal block, and then they missed the game-winning field goal at the end of regulation. So they get beaten overtime by the Ravens. It happens. I don't know what to tell you, but they just found a way to make a mess of it, and they're now 1-4. The Ravens, meanwhile are four and one. So we will get into that a little later in the show this morning. Playoff baseball, man, pitching defense and an Evan Longoria home run, and the Giants beat the Dodgers in L.A. And uh, Brandon Crawford, great defensive play at the end of the seventh inning, skying to get a line drive, you know, two out, runner at second. Uh, that, that could have been a 1-1 tie. But he climbs the ladder, makes a great catch. Um, so it's two games to one now. Dodgers over the Giants. In the American League, the wild card team is Advancing The Boston Red Sox knocking out Tampa Bay, blowing a five-zip lead, making everyone nervous at Fenway, tying the game a 5-5. They're just building up the drama. Got the sacrifice fly in the bottom of the ninth, walked it off 6-5. Another walk-off win for the Red Sox. Games two and three. Or excuse me, games three and four, and they win the series three games to one. So a lot of sports last night, and we will get to the Jazz game coming up in the best of the post-game show. But right now, it's time to hear from football coaches. We're going to start with Utah State coach Blake Anderson. He joined PK and I late in yesterday's show, coming off a of bye week, getting ready for your trip to UNLV. Here is the Aggie head coach with PK and I. Coach, good morning. Good morning. Coming off a of bye week, were you obsessed about your own team, totally focused, watching bonus film of you and the opponents, or did you take a day to watch college football and just be amazed by the wackiness of it like the rest of us? Well, I enjoy I enjoyed a lot of good games on Saturday. We got we got plenty of uh, opponent film in all week. Uh, our opponent didn't play, so uh, we, we banked through all their games during the week. I, I'm like everybody else, man. I enjoyed some unbelievable games on Saturday. I think I sprained my thumb flipping back and forth between uh, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Texas OU. I'm not sure if anybody else had that problem, but I was. Those were happening at the same time and just about as crazy at the same time. You glad you got your bye week out of the way now? Now it's football right now until all the way through Thanksgiving? Well, if we can stay healthy, I do. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we won't, we won't get another break. It'll, it'll happen quickly. We needed it desperately. We were pretty banged up. I, I think the first half of our schedule has been extremely physical. When you watched Boise and BYU play on Saturday, I think it just, I mean, it reminded me just those are two really physical big well-built football teams. I watched Air Force play this weekend as well, and a game that we came out of having to, you know, bang uh, kind of old-school football. So I, we needed it. Uh, I, I love the fact that it's gonna it's gonna get competitive and crazy over the next six, seven weeks. But we cannot afford to get injured either. We're we're thin, and and we we don't have a lot of luxury of, of losing guys. So hopefully we can we can win games and stay healthy at the same time. Your division looks completely wide open here early on. Four teams on one loss, New Mexico's 0-2, and CSU's 1-0 after beating San Jose. But it seems pretty wide open the way everybody else has had a little bit of success and a little bit of trouble as well. 
Yeah, I think the league uh, is shaping up to you better be ready to play on Saturday because anybody can beat anybody, and it's proven to, to look like that. Uh, nobody, you know, nobody just shows just absolute dominance, but but everybody, even what, I mean, we're going into an zero and five Vegas, but they've been in every game, been close, been down to the wire. I mean, we don't want to be their first win, but they're they're going to win some games somewhere along the way. We just hope it's not this week. You talk about last week, Bonner. You thought he'd be back. Is he ready to go? Yeah, he should be fine. I mean, he was sore towards the end of the week, but was able to practice and throw it do what he needed to. He, he's really not been healthy since week one. So, so this came at a good time for him. The the knee uh, issue from the game the other night looks to be uh, you know something he's going to get past. I don't think he'll still be sore for a couple more days, but I would expect on Saturday that he's probably as healthy as he's been since fall camp started. So are you willing to play two quarterbacks right now, or is he the guy for every snap, or you're going to figure it out as you go along? No, he's the quarterback. He's the guy. We're going to still – we are still going to have some sub package stuff to to get Peasley involved, and and so we'll have that available and, and can utilize it in some certain circumstances. But I mean, Bonner's a guy. I mean, his experience has shown he gives us the best chance to to be successful with the personnel we have, especially. Uh, but there is value to throwing Peasley out there occasionally. It will not be a two quarterback system though. We're gonna we're gonna ride Bonner and let him just keep getting better. I think every time he goes out and plays. Uh, with the guys that we're we're playing with, and in the system, I think he gets he gets better at it. Have you been able to gauge the mood of the team following two consecutive losses? Yeah, I thought our I thought our meetings were good. Uh, I think uh, disappointed, but also uh, somewhat encouraged as well. I mean, I think they know how BYU and Boise are both built. They see where we made mistakes that that potentially cost us an opportunity to win. They feel like it's stuff that we can correct. You know, we didn't come out of the game feeling like we we're just completely overmatched, and and I think that'd be a completely different feeling. But um, there's a sense of urgency about about just improving, and an excitement that that we really truly have an opportunity to be in the mix, and we kind of control our destiny. And if we just go out and play our best ball, that that this team has some really cool things ahead of them. So I've been really, honestly, very pleased with the response. Um, I think they took coaching. We, we, we were coaching them hard, and I think they took it well. And, and what practices we did at this last week were, were, you know, I thought positive. We got better. So that, that's all you can ask of the group. So you've watched all the UNLV film, and they have had three really close games that they've lost at the end, one-possession games. What goes wrong for them? What is, the, what is the flaw? What have other people attacked that you can attack? Well, I'd like to think that we're going to be a, a little bit better than them in space. I think their their front is is can create some problems for us. Uh, we're going to do a great job of protecting the quarterback. Uh, I'd like to think that that some of the same things that have helped us be successful moving the ball in, in previous weeks is is going to be something we can uh, you know lean on this week. I mean, we are good in space, and hopefully, tempo and space can can be uh, can be big for us. Uh, you know, I, I, as you watch them, if you throw the record out the window, you just don't see, you just don't see an 0 and 5 team. Uh, they have played really, really hard all the way through, which to me is is saying a lot about the coaching staff that even things are not, you know, even things are not going real well. They're still playing hard. They're they're not quitting on on them, and to me, that makes them extremely, extremely dangerous. Um, you know, they've they've struggled to score points. They've been a little bit off. Their timing, a miss here, a mistake there, a turnover here. I mean, you're hoping, you know, for us, we, we don't need their timing to start clicking. 
you know, they've kind of been their own worst enemy uh, offensively up, up until this point. Yeah, kids are human, obviously, and they can see 0-5. Do you emphasize don't get caught up in that? I'm going to do the best I can to show them all across college football and honestly even the NFL. You know, just when you think the record indicates who the team is, I mean, look at this weekend. I mean, Mississippi State beats A&M. A&M turns around beats the number one team in the country that everybody thought was unbeatable. Uh, I've seen 0-3 teams beat uh, really good football teams, 1-3 teams. I mean, you, you just cannot look at the record. And in our league alone, uh, you know, watch Boise lose to Nevada, turn right, right back around and beat BYU. Colorado State loses to a one double A, turns right back around and beat San Jose State. You know, Hawaii struggling, turns right back around and beats Fresno, who's in the top 25 minutes. All across the country, it just shows you, you better be ready to play on Saturday, throw the records out the window and just play the best ball you can. Blake Anderson joining us, head coach at Utah State. Uh, the Aggies, you've got um, you got the guys coming in as the transfers, and I'm curious how quickly the chemistry builds and at what point, because I think if I ask you now, you'll say, it's us, we're a team. At what point did that click in and you felt that? I felt like uh, you could see that happening in spring ball. I think a lot of it had to do with just how our strength staff handled our guys during the offseason. I think the amount of time that we spent with them, uh, you know, we took advantage of every minute that the NCAA gives you in the offseason. But I did. I felt like as spring ball was going on that you started to see some relationships start to build and guys started to kind of buy in. I think it was helpful that some of the transfers we brought in had success, successful spring ball. I mean, you could see them making plays that were going to help the team. And that always, you know, it always helps you. When you look around and say, I mean, this guy brings value. He's going to help us. Uh, is that, you know, work ethic was high. His attitude was good. Uh, excited about being here. I felt like by the time we came through spring ball that we'd made a lot of strides in that area. Because you're right, when you do bring guys in, veteran guys, older guys in, um, it does not always go smoothly, and it can be it can be a challenge. We we've been fortunate. I think this this group has come together very well. So we talked last week about how you were going to send some coaches out uh, to do some recruiting to an extent. Uh, you being new with a new staff, how long does it take you to establish relationships with high school coaches? It takes a while. It does, and we're fortunate in the fact that part of how I developed the staff was to make sure that, that we had some built-in relationships. Obviously, DJ, T. Oliveira, and Al Afuajo, both those guys, uh, knowing the state, knowing all the coaches in the state here was helpful, and some guys off the field that are connected to the state of Utah. Guys uh, like uh, Nick Premsky, who's already on my staff, uh, Kyle Cephalo, who's already on my staff, uh, Anthony Tucker, all those guys being connected to California. Uh, and, and then we've got uh, Chucky and, and Ray Brown, myself, uh, Coach Banda, that all are connected to Texas. And then there's some areas in between that, that we're going to utilize. You know, Denver, Kansas JCs, in the into Vegas. Uh, you know, they're really, if you look at our staff, there were already some, some at least some, uh, you know, at least somewhat some connected areas that we could start working on. Now, I think to really get ingrained, it definitely takes a recruiting cycle or more. Uh, but that's why those those relationships were important to start with to kind of get us get it, get us going. 
So PK and I were waiting to have on a uh, local coach in person, and there was a scheduling snafu. And he's like, no big deal. I've got uh, some recruiting uh, texts to respond to. And so we got to do whatever else it was we had to do. And while we're doing it, I can't help but notice this guy sitting over here, and he is just working it. And I cannot, and I never know. I mean, he's sitting 20 feet away. I don't know if there's long text, short text, a word, a sentence, a paragraph. But I'm like, I wonder how many people he has to text in a given day. Can you share just a little bit about the intensity of recruiting and the number of relationships? You're You're in a state with 100 high school football teams, and you're recruiting out of state on top of that. Yeah, it really never stops. Um, I mean, you're sitting there watching a game on Saturday and, and you're texting back and forth with multiple guys. You're sitting at dinner on a Thursday night with your family and you got a recruit that, that, that you're, you're going to call or, or is expecting a call or you're texting back and forth with him about, hey, I'm coming to the game, coach, or, or hey, man, good luck telling you are getting me. It, it really, truly never stops. You're on the beach in the summer with your family trying to enjoy vacation and you've got a call. Hey, I got to go take this call. This is the only time I can talk to this kid and his parents. I mean, it it is year round. If you don't do a good job of it, you are eventually going to see it on the field. You've got to recruit. Uh, It is the most important thing you do and then developing them from that point on. So guys, when you're really in the heat of it, uh, it's, it's an all day, every day type thing. There are some, Small, I guess, windows where it slows down a little bit, but uh, but if you look at the calendar, it, there's not much. It, it is something you have to enjoy doing. Make yourself be disciplined to do it all the time, and you're basically available pretty much 24 seven. Well, you got a circumstance where you already said that in the Vegas, as far as recruiting, would you send guys out Friday night in Vegas? Yeah, we absolutely will be at a few games on Friday night. We've got some kids that we're actively recruiting and, and even a couple committed kids in the area that uh, we'll split up uh, on Friday night. And uh, I'll eat dinner with the, with, the, with the players when we get to the hotel and a handful of coaches will go, go be visible and go watch some guys play. And that's, that's pretty typical in most areas if it's in your, if it's in your footprint uh, where you get to do that. We, we actually do that here at home on home games I get a chance to go watch the guys play if we can. But uh, but an area like Vegas, an area when you go into California to play, I'm sure people going to play San Diego State, they're going to get out and about and watch some games on a Friday night if they can. You know, it's so interesting. I've seen coaches line the fence at games. It's like it's um, <laughs> it's almost like uh, it's almost like an art. You know, it's it's like a painting or something. I see coaches who will stand on the sideline, but they make sure they stand way away from the coaching boxes. They don't have a good view of the game, but it's specifically so the kids will see them. They stand out. They don't blend in a crowd. And at a school that has a ramp down to the field like Cottonwood High, every coach lines the chain link fence. So when the guys go for warm-ups, they get seen. It's like you're playing like every last little angle. Well, yeah, you they got to know you're there. I mean, they, they need to know that you're there as much as anything that you spent the time and energy to be there. That's how much you think of them. Obviously, you want to get a great look at them as well. But most of these guys, uh, to be honest with you, we've watched so much on them. We already know you're there to kind of check that last box. Like, hey, man, I made this trip so you could see me, that you know us. You mean enough to us that we, we came to see you play. Uh, there are some younger guys on the roster, obviously, you're trying to get a good early look at. And, and occasionally, you know, you'll see a guy and you're like, man, 
Yeah, you know, he he uh, he outperformed what we expected, or or man, he had a great game, or he did something unique. But but you're right, a lot of it just has to do with you showed up. He knows you showed up, and that may be what you know what matters most at the end. Well, coach, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you next week after the game in Las Vegas. Sounds good, guys. Take care. There's the Aggies head coach Blake Anderson. When we come back, BYU football coach Kalani Sataki, stay with us. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. After a bye week, the Aggies look to keep their Mountain West Conference Championship hopes alive as they head south to Las Vegas for a battle against the Rebels of UNLV. Hear all the play-by-play action beginning with the Aggie pregame show Saturday at 4. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Kalani Sataki meeting with the media. 5-1 and one, midway through the season. Difficult game, at least on paper. It looks like a difficult game at Baylor. The Bears are 5-1. and one. They've got BYU's former offensive coordinator, uh, Jeff Grimes. So these teams, they're going to know each other inside and out, right? So intriguing game, future Big 12 opponent. Here's Kalani with the media in advance of the game at Baylor. Uh, excited about the new week. Uh, looking forward to the matchup with uh, Baylor. Uh, a lot of connections with our staff and their staff, obviously, uh, recently losing um, Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos to Baylor. Uh, excited to see them. Uh, they're guys that we still care about and love. Um, Want to see them have success except for this week. But it's uh, been fun to watch them and their, their the program have the success that they're having right now. And, uh, you know, I respect Dave Aranda a lot. I've, I've known him throughout my coaching career, seen him and been in, involved with, with uh, talking ball with him. And um, we've been able to share a lot of ideas and philosophies and in, in coaching. And I'm um, excited to see him as head coach. And excited to see, uh, you know, the matchup that we have with, with uh an opponent that we're going into this conference. And so uh, I'm looking forward to being out in Waco and seeing their fan base and having a lot of fun. Obviously we're coming off of a lo- off of a loss over the weekend. And, um, you know, there's some things that we were looking to improve and get better and the loss things enough that, uh, if we, if we don't learn from it, it's going to be even worse. And so trying to learn from some of the mistakes and get better and, um, love what our players energy and the effort that they show us and just got to keep things focused and try to minimize the mistakes and give us a better position to have have wins and and uh, last week was disappointing but we're going to learn from it and get better from it so any questions you guys may have okay we'll start with jared lloyd and then mitch harper Bonnie, you just touched on this, but I was curious in watching the film and going over the last week's game, what did you feel like uh, you needed to improve on? It was, was it mental mistakes? Was it was it technique? What what needs to happen to, to keep that from happening? I think a, a lot of it. I mean, everywhere, you know, so there's a, 
Um, not to take anything away from Boise State, but we didn't help ourselves much either. So um, I, I think the most visible ones are the, the turnovers. But if you're looking at, at assignments and, and uh, technique and the fundamentals of breakdown in that, I mean, that's that's something that, that I need to correct as head coach. And, um, you know, our, uh, I thought we've done a pretty good job at most of it. Um, had some... Uh, some issues uh, with technique and then we'll get those fixed and then um, you know we just need to get our guys back on track and uh, it's it's humbling and, and it's a good opportunity for us to focus a little bit more and this is good for us to focus completely on this week and uh, get ready for Baylor that's 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 going to be the key learning from the mistakes and making sure that this, that stuff doesn't happen again the other thing I was curious about, um, A-Rod mentioned it during the coordinator's corner show, but the challenge of facing Grimey because he knows so well what the offense does and what type of play calls you might run and things like that. Talk about uh, dealing with that particular challenge of uh, facing Grimey and Eric again. Well, I think the, the most important thing is for us to focus on the situation, the, the, the issues and mistakes that we made uh, as a team and, and as position play, uh, groups and as uh, individual players. That's going to be the first focus is for us to learn from it. The, the second thing is uh, we'll scout our opponents and know um, what we see on film. And, and I've been really uh, impressed with the things I'm seeing from what, what Grimey's done there. I mean, Grimey's a good coach. And uh, so uh, you know, we've, we've been uh, very fortunate to have him here for three years and to have Mattel's here for a couple of years as well. So uh, they're going to be great coaches. They're just like they're doing already. They're, they have an impact, impact on their team already in their program, um, just like they did here. And so I think they're just we're just familiar with each other. They know our our, our personnel. Um, they know our our scheme. And but that's just that's college football. That that's that happens, and um, we just got to prepare. But I'm really more focused on what we need to do uh, as a team. Focus on our our, our issues first. Um, and then we know that there's some, uh, you know, we know that they know a little bit about our program and our personnel, but that's all right. That doesn't really mean anything if we don't fix the problems that happened from last Saturday. Alani, um, Caleb Christensen isn't listed on the depth chart. Is his injury season ending? No, it's not season ending. It's just a little bit longer to, to come back from. And so if we know that they're out for the week, then they, then they won't be listed that week. So um, we know he won't be ready for this week game, this week's game. And so we're hoping to get him back. I'm hoping next week, but more likely in a couple weeks. So if that's being, I don't know, I'm not a doctor or anything, but that I would like to have him back yesterday. But, you know, we're, we're, we're uh, working with it and trying to get healthy. And um, I think more than likely probably in a couple weeks would be, be the right timing for him. And one of Baylor's top defensive players is, is Siaki Ika. I remember you and your staff for the first program to offer him back in 2016 when he was a young kid. What did you see in him back then and maybe the relationships that, that you've had with him and his family over the years? Yeah, great family, um, a great young man. And it just we've known him for a long time. I've known his family forever, you know, since I was little. So, uh and, you know, he went to LSU and, and um, did some really good things there, won a championship with them and and looked to transfer. And, and I think he really connected with with Dave Aranda, who was a D.C. there. Um, and so I, I think he's doing some really good things on film. He's disruptive. He's big. He's physical and he can run. And, and he's a he's a fun kid, man. He's a, he's a he's a great young man to be around. And then I know he's a, a big part of their their what their their the success they're having on defense. He's a big part of it because it's hard to block him. 
Uh, so he, he's a disruptor at the line of scrimmage and has a great attitude and great personality. That I, I think he's fitting right, right, perfectly with with uh, the rest of the players at Baylor. Take, we'll next take questions from Caleb and then Stephen with AP and then Jay Drew. Hey, Coach. You know, you mentioned that this game against Baylor is kind of a, a preview of what you're getting into at the Big 12. Um, what have you kind of noticed from film or just interacting with Baylor and other Big 12 schools, uh, particularly in Texas? Like what makes them unique? Maybe what's a little bit different about going in there? Well, I think um, I, I don't know. If you're looking at the, the entire conference, their offense, their, their offenses have a lot of success, you know. But I think if you look at what Baylor's doing, they're, they're playing a really good defense as well. So um, they make things really difficult uh, for an offense to have success and to, to make big plays. And then offensively, they're really efficient. The quarterback um, takes care of the football, hasn't thrown an interception all year. Um, and then and they have a good group of running backs and some great skill players at, at receiver. And then I know their their old lines being coached well because Grimey and Mattels are there. So I know that they're they're going to do their part. And it's a tough team. It's a tough matchup. We're going on the road and and going to be in 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 Waco. We're excited for the for the the venue to be there. It's going. To, I think our guys are going to embrace it and have fun with it. A little bit of weather change too. So um, you know, just looking forward to getting into Texas and playing some football there. And, and uh, it's just nice to be in a different region of the country and. Um, looking forward to the matchup, but, but tons of respect for that that team and that program and the university, and really looking forward to our partnership with the Big Twelve uh, in the future. And, and, and glad that we get to have a you know like a um, an earlier version of it this week. Coach Kate, I asked a little bit about what I was going to ask you. I'm calling from Texas. I mean, this is an unusual uh, mid-October non-conference game for Baylor, and it took on a little more, obviously, with your teams um, coming into the Big 12. Is there anything about maybe a first impression you guys want to make for people in Texas in the Big 12 that or may not see BYU play a whole lot, even though you are on a national stage? I don't know There's if I'm really worried about trying to make an impression. I'm just trying to make sure our guys are playing fundamentally sound football. You know, we, we, uh, we're a much better team when we, when we can uh, limit our mistakes and um, not shoot, our, shoot ourselves in the foot, uh, uh, as some people say it. But um, we're going to come in there. We're excited to play the game. We're really looking forward to the matchup. And, uh, you know, I think we, we bring a, a, a unique brand of football and, but uh, you know we're going to have a lot of fun playing with sportsmanship in class and embracing the opportunity to be in there in front of that fan base. And um, we have a lot of friends that are on on the, that coaching staff. So it's 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 going to be a fun fun uh, fun day. And I think for our guys, they're looking forward to the change in in, in scenery a little bit. And and um, we're we're going to have some fun with it, man. I, I know the be some different foods to try out too. So I'm always about that. So our guys are, are going to embrace every opportunity we can of being out in Texas and being in that, that, that culture that Waco provides. Well, there's some good food places in Waco. I found quite a few of them myself over the years. Um, but, and I'll just ask this, I mean, because of the, I mean, this is always a good game. You're, you're going to have good games in the schedule. Did this game take on a little more though, because of the personal connections and the big 12, or do you just kind of have to look at it as this is our next game. We're trying to come off a loss and get back on track. Professionally, you, you want to look at it as the next game. I mean, honestly, that's what you want to do. You want to just move on and and then just play the game and, and, and treat it as such. But 
hard to do when 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 uh, when when you love the individuals that are there that that you became really close friends and and um, brothers with. For us, with with with, with Jeff Grimes, with Eric Mateos, we became really close. So, so I care about them. And I know our coaches and our players do, and so it's going to be different that way. But. Um, we want to win, you know, so I think I know they do, too. We're very competitive, but it's going to be a lot of fun to, to go against people that you really care about. And it's been fun watching them having their success uh, this this season. Uh, we, we knew this was on the on the on the uh, schedule and, and more than anything, just looking to, to having a, a really good time and, and being able to share that field with with that coaching staff, the fan base and being out there and, and you know, future partner in Baylor in the Big 12 conference. So uh, just just more than anything, just just really uh, excited about the opportunity to play this game. All right. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Lonnie, at the uh, halfway point of the season, you know, season's half over, unbelievably. But uh, what is your level of satisfaction with your program and with your team? Uh, I know it's hard maybe coming off a loss to to keep in mind the whole big picture of things, but what what's your level of satisfaction with where the program's at right now? I'm I'm really pleased with the talent that we have on our team and the development of our players. We've we've been really um, tested with our depth because of injury. Uh, it happens uh, this season. It's, it's it's you know more than we were we wanted to be comfortable with, but we knew this was a possibility, and so uh, I'm really um, I, I, from from that point of view, Jay. I, I'm I'm happy with the way our guys are, are performing, how they they prepare. Um, you know, come off a loss is always difficult, but uh, this is an opportunity for us to learn and get better. And uh, what you don't want to do is have a win when you win a game um, affect how you prepare the next week. Um, I think, you know, you guys in the media like to talk about that as, as a the, the letdown or trap game, things like that. And so I thought we've been being able to take advantage of winning games, but trying to learn and get better and, and improve the next week. Um, and now when you lose games, we want to make sure that that doesn't carry over into this feeling of, of, of you know, feeling sorry for ourselves and things like that. We, we've got to move on. And, and the best way to move on is to get to work. And so our approach after we win games is to get to work and our approach after we lose games is to get to work, get to work. And, uh, but I'm really proud of the way our guys come to come to work every day and their, their mindset and looking forward to, to improving from last week. There's a lot of places that we can definitely learn and, and get better from. And, and, uh, with, with the way these guys have been all season, uh, I'm, I'm really anxious and excited to see how they're going to approach this week. And I have a really good feeling about it. Hey, let's go, uh, Jay Catch, and then we have time for one more question after that with Mitch Harper. Kalani, obviously last week did not go as you guys planned. Do you consider a little bit of a wake-up call to your guys? Hey, you guys know how you need to play to win games? Yeah, I think that happens naturally, you know, and, and um, I think uh, humility is a good thing. You know, it, it's the best teacher. And so and that's for all of us. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that we can learn from. I can, too, as a head coach. And so uh, none of us are are immune from mistakes. So some of them happen. And then it, it's really just a matter of how you respond to it. And so, you know, things have been going really smoothly for us. And we were able to win the first five games. Um, you know, even even with some 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 situation issues and mistakes, we just made too many against a really good team that were were driven to beat us, and um, 
you know, and, and we, we get, because our players' effort and fight gave us a chance towards the end, of, even with all the mistakes that we made, a chance to still try to get that win. Um, let's let's just not put ourselves in that position again. And sometimes the hardest, the the, the best teacher is experience, and and you, you never want to lose. But um, but when we do and we 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 fail, I'm going to make sure that as a as a, a coach and as a program that we learn from it and make sure that we can maximize our opportunities to get better. Just a quick thought from you on how you thought Jaron performed, having rewatched the film from the Boise State game. Yeah, I thought he I thought he made some good decisions. I mean, that last throw, I think he was just trying to create uh, too much, and um, you know, I. I Looking at it, he protected the ball all up until that one moment, and um, I still believe in him. I know that uh, you know we'll, we'll kind of have to see how, how it works again, and, and how, what our game plan will be this week. But um, you know, he's he's a really good player. I don't know if he would say that was his best game, but uh, you know, I, th- I think the mistakes didn't help from 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 so many different places, and I think the most visible ones go right to the turnovers and the short fields but uh you know defensively uh, i think we 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 expect our defense to to on a sudden change to play better defense than what we did and i think the two the two fumbles in in the red in the red zone air short field turned into touchdowns which you know we'd like to hold in the field goals if we could and and then the short field of going on the fourth down turning to a field goal so 17 points off of short fields and I think our defense is better than that. So it's a team game. We, we know that we can play complimentary football with all three phases. We made a mistake in all three phases, and that falls on me as a coach to make sure that we um, play better, practice better, and prepare better. And, um, but I, I, I can't fault the players for their effort and their energy. Um, I need to do a better job and make sure that we put them in a spot to have more success with all three phases. In Kalani, uh, after a game where ball security was an issue, uh, does that become even uh, a bigger focus this week in practice or for how you guys prepare? Yeah, it's something that we preach over and over and over and over again. So I, I don't know if that we can emphasize it more than what we've been emphasizing it. It's something that we talk about consistently. I mean, you can't go a day here, a practice, or even five minutes without hearing about it. And we, we, we criticize even our our defensive players, when they get the ball in their hands about ball security, it, it's something that we really, really, um, it's part of our identity. We really focus on um, mistakes happen. They do. And and um, I think, you know, looking at, at, at what happened with those fumbles, we still believe in those guys. It's, it's kind of like a uh, an exception, but those hurt. And, and uh, that's, that's something that we need to we need to keep uh, emphasizing. But I, I don't know if we need to do anything special for those guys to get better. They've they've taken or taken care of the football for the, most of their careers, and so um, you know, let's just learn from it and make make sure we can do it better. And, and I, I've said it before. You can never ever tell me. You'll never hear me say there's too much ball security. And I'd, I'd like to have our our players uh, make it hard for me to to, to say that because I. You'll just you'll just never hear me say a few things as a football coach that uh, too much effort and, and too much too much ball security. So, and when you see Baylor offensively on film, maybe what similarities are are you seeing from them that remind you of the offenses you guys fielded when Grimes was here? Yeah, a lot of similarities. I mean, it's 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 we we know a lot of, a lot of the stuff that they're doing, and Grimes doing a great job as far as their execution. 
I mean, the, the fact that their quarterback hasn't thrown an interception all season long is a good sign that they're taking care of the football and doing it the right way. Um, they're physical up front. Uh, very, very similar. We were familiar with what they're doing offensively, their identity offensively, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a good matchup for us. And um, you know, we're just looking forward to the game. There's Kalani Sataki, BYU football coach. When we come back, the best of the Jazz post game show. Stay with us. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's a trip to the Lone Star State for the Cougars as BYU heads to wake up for a massive showdown against Baylor as the Cougars look to knock off a future Big 12 opponent. Catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 1230 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jazz beat the Pelicans 127 to 96. Rudy Gobert leading the way with 19 points, 19 rebounds. More of the big names playing. More guys playing a little more minutes. Not outrageous minutes. Bogey played 26. Mitchell played 30. Those were the big numbers. Uh, maybe that's outrageous for a preseason game. I guess we can debate that later this morning. But right now, let's get the best of the postgame show with the guys. Your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you once again this season. Jazz win 127-96 over the New Orleans Pelicans at Vivid Arena last night. Led by a monster game from Rudy Gobert who made his preseason debut. 19 points. 19 rebounds. He did it on 7 of 8 shooting. He had a steal and a couple of block shots uh, to go with that as well. The Jazz had 6 players in double figures. Donovan had 18. Clarkson was 17 coming in off the bench. Mike Conley had 15 to go along with five assists, Bogdanovich with 15, and Pascal with 14 coming in off the bench as well in the win for the Utah Jazz. Let's uh, let you hear first from Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. I, I thought as the game went on, you know, I thought the third quarter we saw, we had some breakdowns, um, you know, just early on where we were got, we got backdoored a couple times, um, gave up a couple offensive rebounds, um, but I thought the second half, in, in particular, we had some guys, um, you know, Boyan, Mike, Don, and all did a really good job, I thought, defending the ball and containing the ball and, you know, and competing through plays. So it's good to see that. And that got us out running. This might be a simple question, but what makes Rudy so effective screening? He cares. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, when you, you have – you know his size, um, but more more than anything, he cares. And, and the way that I think manifests itself is that he's he's gotten really good at changing angles and changing locations of the screen. He, he knows when to, you know when to set. He knows when to get out. You know, just it's a it's a skill, and it's something that he's really worked on. You know, and and. Not a lot of guys see that as a skill. You know, they don't. You don't see it, but you know, it's just like rebounding. You know, you have to have an instinct. Um, but the fact that he screens for so many different guys, you know, he's screening for Joe, Mike, Donovan, Boyan, JC, and he kind of understands, you know, what all of them want 
um, whether it's pick and roll or you know or off the ball. It's 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 really good. He's worked at it, you know. And, and again, he he cares, and I, I think all those guys really appreciate, you know, that he does that too and understand it. You know, it just shows they're connected. Yeah, the follow-up to that is with Hassan or Doak, how do you teach them that skill, or how what's up for the development process? Well, you know, the same it's the same process. You know, I think for Hassan. You know, when, you know, when you're, uh, it took, you know, with Mike and Rudy, for example, it took a little time to, to get that, um, you know, that connection. And I thought Hassan, Hassan had a couple of really good ones tonight, you know, especially when he was in, I think JC had a couple of pull-ups. He, um, you know, he, he, he so it, it's something that, that he knows how to do. And I think he's the same way, like Rudy, it's something that he knows is important and those guys are willing to give themselves up at times. And then, you know, also the ability, we've talked to Son about getting out on his rolls and getting to the rim. And, you know, it's been a focal point for him. And, you know, just like you work on your, you know, your shooting or your ball handling, you know, those those situations in practice require, you know, combinations. But, you know, that's something that we work on pretty consistently and keep doing. The teams really try and attack the rim when Rudy's off the floor, just because they know that's their opportunity to do it. Is it going to be their best opportunity? Is that put extra pressure on Hassan or Dope or whoever? Well, forward? you know, Hassan's if you Hassan's been a really consistent, you know, like high level rim protector throughout his career. So, um, you know, that again, that that's something just situationally um, something he's done, and you know, I think we'll continue to do that. You know, but to your point. Um, you know, Rudy's pretty unique. You know, Hassan has that same type of length. And um, I think those are plays that, that I know we want him to make and that he, he wants to make and is capable of making. With Hassan's first half, also, we've got kind of an extra opportunity to deal with him. Very I thought the the best thing he did is he just let the game come come to him. You know, the, he had a couple, you know, really good reads off the ball where he, he made the read before, you know, he got the catch and pulled through. Um, you know, I thought he competed defensively and those are you know, those are the things that, that we want to see, you know, from, from him when he's out there, no matter what position he's at. Um, you know, I think his competitiveness and um, the, the game didn't speed him up. You know, I think he played, you know, within himself and, and, you know, there were opportunities for him to make plays. And then you saw, you know, later in the game that, you know, the little pull-up that he had, the reason he got that is because he pulled through and he was going to drive it to the rim. And, you know, they got back and he, he rose up. So, again, just made good reads. I didn't think he forced anything. Tom Van four steals, three blocks tonight, and you mentioned his defensive engagement. Like, when you're t- did you guys have conversations about that in terms of what you want to see from him this year defensively? We had conversations about it throughout the course of the game, you know, and, and it's been something that, you know, he's talked about. He and I have talked about it. He's talked about it with his teammates. Um, you know, it's important to him. And I think he knows that that's, you know, another way that he can really impact impact the game. You know, I think all our guys, I, you know, I think Boyan had said that, you know, a couple times. I think, you know, you watch Mike play. Um, it's something that, you know, will continue to be important. And then, you know, the, the challenge is to, to continue to replicate it, you know, to replicate it when you're tired, to replicate it when you're ahead, to replicate it, you know, on a back-to-back, just to continue to do it all the time. So it just becomes, you know, who you are. But, you know, I was, like I said, I, I thought, 
his effort tonight in those areas was really good, and especially because you know the, he, some of those plays came after he'd been in, in the game for a while too. It wasn't like at the beginning, you know, the first couple, first possession of the game. You know, he denied an entry pass, and you know, but that that's that's great because it shows his mind is engaged. Because that was a play that we talked about wanting to really help Rudy by pushing Valanciunas's catch out. But then six minutes later in the third quarter, when you're still doing that, that that to me is what you know what what he wants of himself and what you know I want to demand of him. Friends okay? Yeah, he, they'll have more of an update. You know, it's con- concussion. You know, I didn't see the fall, but I think it was a pretty, you know, he fell pretty hard. You guys probably saw the yeah, replay. Yeah. So, yeah, I think hopefully it'll be all right. But they'll, they'll give you guys more details. There you go. That's Coach Quinn Snyder. 127-96 was your final Jazz come away with win in preseason game number three. Let's move on to the players. Let's hear first from Donovan Mitchell. I think it was it was really important, you know, for us to understand. We've been doing it in practice. You know, we spoke about it all week. So I think for us to be able to do it against uh, somebody else for the first change, I think for one is good. Um, but then also, I think for us, just continue to find our rhythms and find our stuff. Um, there are times lapses on offense, lapses on defense that we'll go back and fix. But you know, overall, I think we're you know we're in a good spot. But we can we can definitely raise our level a little bit. But it was definitely good to get everybody back out there. Do you guys feel like you developed a rhythm as the game went on? Yeah, I think, you know, trying to feel each other out still. You know, obviously with the the core group, you kind of know where each other needs to be. But then, you know, you have to you have Hassan, you have Eric, you know, and I think that's that's the biggest thing, trying to get them in the right spot. But they're picking it up, you know, really fast. So that's a, that's a credit to them, you know, the work they've put in um, since they got here to figure out the plays, figure out what's been what's been rolling and, and what we like and how guys like pick and rolls and stuff like that. And then we have, a, we, we also had a stint where we went one through five switching and I was kind of on the fly and we were able to do that well. So it, it, it feel good. What's your responsibility with that second group where you're the one who's been on the floor more than anyone else in that unit? Uh, I think for me, just being a leader vocally, um, obviously lead by example too. I think defensively, I'm really trying to, you know, pick it up there that way kind of defensively is the offense and we haven't really pushed the ball in transition like we normally do so we're, we're kind of getting to that but that starts with our defense we've gotten stops but we now we got to turn that into running and figuring our spacing out and you know just being able to move the ball like we have been and you know there are times where last year we kind of get stagnant a little bit so being able to continue our movement uh, as well as integrating Hassan and, and Eric as well being able to move the ball through them as well. As you mentioned um, it looked like you tried to set more of a tone on the defensive end what, how, what was kind of the goals there? Um, I mean, granted, it is preseason, but that's been my mindset all summer. Um, yeah, I was on one leg last year, but, you know, I could be better. You know, I, I've, I've made that. I've been vocal about that, you know. So, for me, just being able to do it, you know, consistently. It's one game. You know, I did it in the preseason game, so now i got to continue to do it um, throughout the year. And that's pretty much my mindset and just being able to be a leader on that end as well. We're just talking about you uh, denying the entry pass to Valentine's early in the first quarter and you know, that continuing during the games, as, even as you got tired. What are some of the specific things that you guys talk about like your interview on that? Um, I think for one, I think it also helps you get, get in shape because <laughs> you got to do both. I think that's for starters. Um, but just being being a, a, a pest, you know, not not really just kind of sitting there allowing things to be comfortable because I know how it feels. You know, Garrett Temple, I caught the ball twice. He poked that out of my hands. And it's even though he made a pass and made the play, it's still like, oh, like, here we go. So being able to, you know, come down the court and have to deny an entry, make it harder for guys to, to get into their offense. Uh, I think that's really where the mindset is for me, just making it tougher, you know, not really necessarily having to pick a guy up full court and fight over these screens, but making making things a little bit tougher and having them take more time. 
defensively with like that, the tools that your wingspan gives you? Is that what what kind of plays does that allow you to make that? I think you know when you get into the paint, being able to kind of get in the lane, get those steals. I think that's another one. You know, kind of baiting the defense into throwing passes that they think are there, and just being able to do that. And that's really what I've been doing pretty much my my whole life. So now it's really honing in and, and honing in on that and making that a, a primary focus. You know, the offense, it'll come, you know, through through rhythm and through shots. So for me, it's really been all about that, you know, since I got into camp and just being able to guard, you know, and just being able to focus on that, get steals, be in the stands, be be a presence there. Um, so, yeah. You talked about conditioning before and turning in, able to play both ends and extend the necessary energy on both ends to be really good. And then what are, what are some of the things? Did you do anything differently this summer? Um, I wouldn't say I did anything differently. I just think I did things a little bit more. I think for me, it was more defensive sides, more, I won't give all my stuff away, but more, more things that I've picked up throughout the, the years and just kind of, you know, just getting your leg. That's the biggest thing. It's, this is, this is easy to, to win again that, but it's really the legs, you know, and I think being able to do that and then also come in offense and still be able to create, still be able to get into the paint, be able to hit threes when they're open. Um, I think that's the biggest thing for me being able to, you know, whether it's a drill where you do a drill, you know, a defensive drill, and then you got to make five in a row or make ten in a row, whatever it may be, just kind of having that mindset and understanding that, you know, there's going to be possession when got a guard, and then on the same to- the same the other end, getting the ball late, you know, and having to make a play. That's Donovan Mitchell, 18 points on 7 of 18 shooting, five assists, four steals as well. And you heard Donovan talking about his defense being more active, expecting more out of himself. Well, let's uh, hear from Rudy Gobert, who had a big game, but also had some really interesting words about Donovan Mitchell's potential on the defensive side of the ball. I think we just want to make sure we build good habits, you know, and uh, whether it's a prison game, regular season game, or playoff game, we want to come up with the same focus and uh, try to use every game to to keep getting better, you know, and we, we know that our mindset, especially defensively, is uh, something that we need to to have every single night, every single possession. talking to Hassan about kind of what you were seeing out there on the floor, what were you saying? Uh, probably a lot of stuff. Just try to, just try to help them, you know, like I want them to help me too. You know, I think the communication between each other is, is really important to, to share what you see on the floor. And, uh, and especially for Hassan, because it's, he's new to the, to our system and uh, to the way we want to play. So, you know, just try to help him out. And I know that uh, if he does what he can do uh, within our system, you know, we're going to be really, really hard to play against. What do you think is the biggest adjustment for Hassan, like coming to the Jazz and the Quinn system? I think for us, it's really, I mean, for him, you know, being able to, to on a pick and roll, especially the communication, you know, uh, knowing what to say uh, to, to, to the guards, because the guards really need to hear us, you know, back there. And, uh, you know, knowing, yeah, the, the, what to say and try to, the positioning, where, where to be, um, to make it a little bit easier on them and, uh, and make that a habit. I think, I mean, we all try to help each other, you know. Uh, uh, first of all, he helped me a lot in practice too because uh, he's very good. And you know, being able to f- like working on finishing on Hassan uh, every practice, and you come to the game, and you know, it's a little easier. 
because he's probably one of the best, uh, you know, shot blockers in the league. So it's uh, yeah, just try to make each other better, and uh, and I try to share, you know, anything I can to 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 make the team better. What are you seeing in terms of the team's point of attack for the defense as far as you? I think we've been uh, tonight was great. You know, we had a little bad stretch. Uh, I think it was in the second quarter. Uh, but but beside that, you know, uh, Donovan did an amazing job setting the tone. Um, you know, and then you know, Mike has been great. Uh, Boyan's been great. So you know, we just gotta make sure that we, you know, we we pay attention to that. You know, because we're gonna be able to to win games even if we don't do that. But then when when uh, when the playoff comes and team try to take advantage of that, you know, we we're gonna be surprised. So we, you know, just try to. Uh, get that, make that a habit. You know, hold each other accountable uh, for that, and then you know we we're gonna take another step defensively and uh, overall offensively because it helps our offense. I was talking about trying to be like a little bit more of a pest in that role. I mean, is, is, uh, is that kind of the is that kind of the theme? He's a monster physically, and you know, I think he the things that he's able to do offensively uh, are amazing, but I think he doesn't realize what he can do defensively uh, if he puts his mind to it. And tonight we saw the, the, the few plays that he did on the block that he, it was a three-on-one or two-on-one and he got a block and then he, he was able to get out of bounds and save it or like the few steals that he had. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what he can do and, you know, if he... If he if he does that for us, uh, you know, we're going to be uh, even better, for sure. But it's not easy. I mean, it's not easy. It's a long season. And, you know, it's it's about doing, you know, try to put our mind on what we think is really important for the team and, and then uh, try to do it. Even on the nights when we're a little tired, um, you know, even when we're not 100%, try to do our best on those things. And, uh, you know, I think uh, it'll be pretty good. We didn't play the first of preseason games. Who knows about Wednesday? Do you feel like your performance tonight? You are ready for the regular season, or is this just a stepping stone to get ready? Uh, I was feeling good. I got a little tired, but uh, you know, I was feeling good. I just try to, like we said, you know, set the tone uh, and use those games to, yeah, to feel, get a feel, you know, and and, and get good habits. You know, that's really the most important thing. And, uh, you know, it's a long season. We're going to have plenty of games. Uh, some games are going to be a little tougher than others, but uh, in the tough games, that's when you got to uh, kind of like push through and uh, and use those, you know, to, to get better. There you go. That is Rudy Gobert. What a game for Rudy. 19 points, 19 rebounds in just 24 minutes of play. Rudy was active, and boy, he was really good. And it was uh, fairly interesting, or it was very interesting to hear him talk about how much potential he thinks Donovan Mitchell has on the defensive side of the ball. And mentioned we saw it last night, and Donovan was very active. One play in particular from Donovan where he got a block shot and a steal and started a fast break on the same play. And uh, we'll see his performance on the defensive end. We know we know he can score. 
think we all know what to expect from Donovan offensively, but it'll be interesting to see what we get from Donovan defensively this year. 127-96 is your final. The Jazz beat the New Orleans Pelicans. Next broadcast coming your way on Wednesday, tomorrow. The Jazz will be taking on the Milwaukee Bucks here at Vivint Arena. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage on the station begins at 6. There's the best of the post-game show. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Get to the baseball playoffs and Monday Night Football. Stay with us.